Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. The music is dead. Long live the music. Welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast. My name is Kyle Hawk, and I'm going to be your host today. And we are extremely excited to have a very special guest on today's show, hailing from Los Angeles. You likely know this man from his work across an array of hip-hop projects through the years, including Brainwash Projects and L.A. Symphony. But he's uh, also had one hell of a solo career, and he's getting ready to release his fifth proper full-length entitled Encino Man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official It's All Dead podcast, Pigeon John. Hello, how you doing? I am doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, you are on um, tour right now uh, with Eli and Grouch. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. How's that been going? Yeah, it's going good. Last night we played Dallas. Uh, tonight we're in Houston. Um, and the tour started in San Francisco. And we just kind of been touring all around the whole country, which is uh, pretty great. Yeah, I, I like getting out to the to the east coast uh, i don't get out there that often and um so it's been a it's been a huge pleasure rocking with grouch and eli and uh out here with elliot lip as well all right and uh just over a month away now from the release of encino man and uh how are you feeling as uh we approach the release date i'm excited man i'm excited it's it's uh a lot has uh happened life life things and um, I'm excited that the, the new record and new songs will be out. Um, and uh, then I'll be touring more, too, bringing, bringing my little miniature band out on the road. And, and uh, very excited. It was a four-year gap from uh, Dragon Slayer. And um, so it's been adding uh, to the anticipation. Right. And you've been known to take some time between your releases. So I was wondering what the recording timeline and uh, process was like for creating this album. Uh, well, when Dragon Slayer came out in, um, in 2010, I started touring a lot um, and then spending a lot of time in Europe touring kind of for the first time on my own. And um, that was a, a two year process of just touring in Europe and and then connecting with the C2C, another act out in, in France, and going on tour with them, that took up uh, another year. And uh, then I had a beautiful, sweet, candy little daughter. Uh, right. and that's happening right now. So, uh, yeah, the recording process was, I love riding on the road. Um, I like starting beats on the road, just in the van or on the airplane, and because um, I like the movement of tour a lot. Right. And then I like to uh, demo things in the hotel room. And then when I get back home, uh, just smash it out in my little home studio. So where did the whole concept for Encino Man come from? Uh, that started with, uh, fell into my mind around Dragon Slayer uh, time. Uh, Dragon Slayer, for, uh, it was felt like the, the battle is on about, you know, this little imaginary guy is fighting a dragon. And is he going to win or not? And now with uh, Encino Man, it's kind of like, uh, in my mind, it doesn't relate at all to the title. But in my mind, it's like a guy who's uh, in a knight gear, knight, knight's armor, like shielded up, uh, very overly protective in a local bar, just sipping for no reason. <laughs> because uh, he's just on, not on edge, he's just ready for action. Like, he, he's built up a... This this box where no one can get in, but the trick is he can't get out. He can't get out either. 
So and I don't know why I have that shower in it. You know, he walk, takes his dog. Um, uh, so it, for me, that, that makes it funny. Uh, and it's a, a second edition to Dragon Slayer uh, is Encino Man. And I love uh, the old movie. The idea of waking up as a as, as a caveman in a whole new world, right? Um, and uh, yeah, since the Dragon Slayer days, like life, you know, it felt it felt like I became a, a teenager again. Like the things that I thought I learned, the very simplistic things, went flying out of the door, and I just started writing about it and laughing at myself. Uh, relearning, you know, how to talk to girls or relearning vibes and all this hilarious stuff that you're supposed to get through when you're 14. Uh, I'm just, I'm just getting there. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, cause I, you've said recently um, that you're still trying to find, find your voice as an artist. And uh, in some ways, Encino Man feels like the logical progression from Dragon Slayer, but also uh, some of the songs feel like they harken back to some of your older material. So I wonder if that was like an intentional thing as you were recording the album. You know, I kind of, I kind of, um, it, it kind of came about really natural. Songs started peaking uh, its head of uh, other songs and stuff and and I spent a lot of time uh choosing the songs and and uh uh working working on them with Irve Salters um the producer but uh yeah I never like really try to guide uh, guide my hands when I'm trying to uh sculpt something I just kind of let let things go so uh and then stand back after it's done and say okay wow okay that's that's the record yeah and you talked about the humor, and uh, that obviously comes through at times lyrically on the album, but there's also uh, a poignancy be- behind a lot of the lines, and you can feel some of the pain bleeding through the album, like even when it seems like you're almost holding back. Oh, man. Well, that's me in general. <laughs> <Right>. That's <laughs> me when I order a cafe latte at Starbucks. You can feel <laughs> the sadness enter the room. I, I'm a vibe crusher. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I make people feel weird. Um no, I, I, I love, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge music fan, man, you know, and I love when, when songs make you, it's the, I read in this novel, it's like, right when you're about to cry, you smell the sea, you smell, you smell it. Hmm. And I love that line, like, how can that person describe an entire emotional feeling in one line? And, uh, um, I, I love when I hear it, and uh, I love I love writing. Uh, a lot of the writing is all alone. You know, you're just writing alone and taking cigarette breaks on the balcony, and it's a lot of like uh, conversation with yourself and conversation with uh, uh, the spirit world, if you will, and just reminiscing. So it does get a little uh, happy, sad type of thing sometimes. But I love that in hip hop. I love when uh, De La Soul did it with Millie P- pulled a pistol on Santa. And I love it when the Beach Boys do it with every single song that they write. Right. Well, <laughs> it's terrifying. I mean, <laughs> as someone who's uh, like followed your catalog from day one, I, I feel like you can almost follow the story um, of whether it's the character, whether it's you yourself, whatever story you're telling, you can follow it all the way through up until now. And there's, uh, there's a personal aspect to that. So it seems like wearing your heart on your sleeve is something you really value as an artist. Yeah, I, I like it. I love, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I have a, I can't um, 
not do it is just a part of who, who I am and and um, how I write songs and as well as perform. It's really and involves um, people. It's almost I'm, like I'm defined by uh, my surroundings. Like, you know how a shadow is formed because there's shapes and all. That's what I feel sometimes uh, uh, personally as well as when I do music and stuff. I'm in a healthy way, like a tree is dependent on the wind and all that, you know, all that stuff. I, I like staying there versus um, thinking that I define the situation. I like being defined. It's <laughs> that type of guy. I like being defined. <laughs> Well, you uh, talked earlier about becoming a father, and how much would you say that's influenced some of your writing? Oh, man, it's happened to every artist, you know, from from the back of the days. It's incredible. Uh, It's incredible. A lot of times uh, when uh, a dude becomes a father, sometimes, or I can really speak about myself, is he uh, will react the opposite way, just involuntarily. It's almost like when someone passes away, then all of a sudden you're like in Las Vegas doing something stupid and you it's just like a connection type of thing. Uh, not, not in a, a bad way with, uh, with having a baby. It's, 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 uh, it makes you want to do good. Uh, but so much good sometimes can lead to lend itself to like, you know, reacting in a bad way. You know, so it, it's been crazy. It's been beautiful, crazy, and and um, yeah, just it's definitely seeped its way into the music. And sometimes it's just the the melodies within the beats and stuff. You know, right. uh, it's not necessarily um, uh, the words and stuff. But I would say definitely. I'm not even sure how so, to be honest. But I definitely it's 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 encompassing the whole thing. You know. Well, as far as the album goes sonically, it's clear that uh, more and more pop influences have made their way into your music over the years. Um, and that's been a process that's been happening for a while now. Like, But you, you're you someone who's been doing that um, for like even before it seemed like it was actually a trend that people were following. So in a lot of ways, you were almost kind of ahead of the game in that department. Oh, man. With the... For the with with Dragon Slayer and, and, and Encino Man, I've I've loved the whole process. It's very normal in, in rock and roll where uh, singer songwriter land. Um, but I, I to to just approach the rap song like a song, um, and then work with a, a a traditional producer. I've always wanted to do that, and uh, for better or for worse, I wanted to get out the 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 little uh, melodies I I was hearing. Right. And to put out my little songs and and then um, work with a producer like Irving Salters in a traditional way where I would make a beat, I would do the whole song, and before we re-recorded, he would play it on a piano just to see what exactly I was going for in the first place. And then I would hear my songs through his fingers and, and then like get it, but on the back end, like, oh, wow, okay, that's what I meant. Um, and I love that process, for better or for worse. And I, I just want to continue doing that and 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 writing these little tunes. I'm fa- I consider myself very lucky to be able to do it. You know. Yeah, and you've been uh, going for you've been going for a while now. And I wonder um, if you know being out on tour again and getting ready to support this new album. Have you noticed a change in your audience over the years? Like, as that you feel like that's a group of people that have kind of grown with you um, as an artist and them as people, or do you feel like you're attracting a different crowd now than you were ten years ago? 
I feel I feel like it's a it's a a little bit different um, and age wise too, man. Like uh, I've been touring long enough to where uh, it's like uh, people in, that started listening in high school or college. They have a, they're still listening. They might not go out as much because they their family they have families and stuff. And now there's a whole generation that hasn't heard of me, uh, and it's a lot of first timers in Europe especially. Um, but I love that because it's like a restart of my career because they they only they might not uh, know the earlier records, but they only they think Dragon Slayer is my first album. Oh right, yeah. So that that I'm like, yeah, go for it. I'm totally down. You know, it feels like I have a facelift. <laughs> right. I got a facelift, bro. Um, and uh, that that's cool. But that, that I really comes with touring for a very long time and then seeing, like, couples that, you know, hey, we met at your show. We're married. We got three kids, you know. And, and then uh, and then to the new listener, just the dude who wants to party who came for, you know, this or that. And then he's like, oh, word, I like your stuff. You know, so it's it's pretty cool. Well, uh, as someone who's been around for a little while, I want to get your take on this, um, because there was a time in the, I guess, the underground hip-hop movement, whatever you want to call that, that there seemed to be like this real aspiration of breaking through, like from a lot of artists. And to a smaller extent, that kind of happened, but maybe not in the way that everyone imagined it. And uh, nowadays, it almost seems like the underground hip-hop scene is content with its place, uh, kind of more concerned about just advancing the art and making it big. Um, and I wondered what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, you 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 know you write what you know first off best off kind of thing and those earlier days I was uh, coming out of the record deal process the whole shopping around and yeah. and uh, and actually coming out of a deal with the uh, LA Symphony with uh, with Warner Brothers right. with the shelved album and all that you no know, um, years of being kind of in that scenario so that message kind of leaked in. To my music, uh, but yeah. definitely when I when I when I uh, released uh, dating your sister and started doing it independently, I quickly realized that I didn't need the industry at all. Right to to uh, pay bills, I just started going on tour and then coming home and paying bills, and I was like, "This is so freeing!" And I gave up that that idea of uh, um, chasing something, and which is the, I love that. Musically speaking, and uh, I think it's really happening in today's music um, where that because the goal has been like uh, redefined, if you will. And it's really, like you said, based on just having fun and and trying to uh, throw together different ideas to create something uh, of of your own, your own voice musically in hip hop. So now that's the goal. And, uh, And then you learn that instead of chasing it's just like a girl like the less you chase the girl the more the girl will say who's that guy so the same thing uh musically uh and that's a beautiful response i do that as a fan where where the band just is very content with just playing the music and being with friends and that's it and that that almost that spiritually almost attracts the listener because they're comfortable so it makes them comfortable yeah. You know, and then it's a deeper thing. Like every everybody is equal. Everyone is uh, uh, equally a, a beautiful being, and it's just a big old sharing of a big old musical meal. So I think that 
I, I definitely dived in it too with, with Dragon Slayer, and I, I definitely want to just continue uh, doing that in my career. Yeah, I think that whole chasing the girl analogy is probably the best <laughs> description of that whole thing I've ever heard. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you and guys that you're tuning with now, like Eli and Grouch, I mean, there's a lot of you that have earned real respect and really made a name for yourself just through the persistence and uh, that persistence of putting out solid music. And I would imagine there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, it's a, it's a real cool, real cool thing, man, I think, to to do it. It's kind of like owning your own business and stuff when you have success. or you, It means so much more because it feels like, felt like you grew your own crop almost. So it just tastes a little sweeter with when people come to the shows or um, um, when another artist digs your songs. It's like, oh, man, this is freaking fresh. It's a really a dream come true. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I, I really love that the industry has changed because it's just forced people to, to answer the question, do you really want to do this? Because <laughs> right. yeah. it's no longer a game, buddy. And I, I love it. I love it, man. This is, you know, we're truck drivers, essentially. You know, we drive around, we drink coffee, we smoke cigarettes, we look at girls. And then when it's time to load and unload, that's the show. And then we get back in the truck and enjoy this country, bro. That's all. It's a beautiful thing. So where do you envision hip-hop going over the course of, like, the next decade? Man, it's going to be, I think it's so exciting right now. When the kids get involved... I, I love it, and uh, and that's it's going to redefine itself, and I I think it's going to become less based on electronics and not a live band per se, but almost the um, the the ghostliness of a lead belly song with no instruments. It's just voices and a and a ghost ghostly room. I want to hear hip hop like that, where it's just voices. I don't know exactly what that that feels like but I, I that's uh what's calling me is like put down everything put all the instruments up put away the mic so you know and just like mic up what's around and then i would love that to happen and that uh, a song to become like a hit with no instruments right it's freaking weird but i i like that stuff i like that you know see what everybody else is doing and kind of do the opposite and i think that Every generation does that. So I think we're getting stripped down, stripped down, stripped down, uh, and very uh, computer-based, like uh, glitchy, which is awesome. Uh, they're no longer notes. They're like, you know, bleeps and stuff. So I think it's, it's condensing within itself. And then when it explodes, I think it's just going to be silence, like very quiet, like, you know, versus very loud. You know. Well, if we were to look back 10 years, because 10 years ago, uh, Dating Your Sister came out, and around that time, you, you put out that album, you had the split with LA Symphony. Back then, where were you imagining you were going to be sitting right now as far as your career goes? Oh, man. I think right at that moment, I was already doing the whole, like, do your own merch, uh, do your own songs. Um, I got the idea with that record was uh, make your own beats on the NPC and then take it to, uh, I wanted to work with Smash Mouth's producer. Okay. <laughs> I, my idea, I was like, I want to I take my little weird songs and throw them to the biggest pop producer and just see what happens. Like not change the content, keep it weird, 
you know, right. Kind of do it like that. So I, I didn't get that producer, but I got uh, work with Matt uh, Mahaffey of this excellent band called Self that's no longer around, but they're freaking incredible. Um, so that I was kind of already hinting to the idea of blending whatever I was doing, whether that be pop or hip hop, whatever. It was just uh, my type of songs um, and being dedicated. And I think throughout the years, I just got more and more and more dedicated. And trusting my voice, really. So I kind of knew that I was going to be doing doing this, you know. And I definitely did not uh, get into the game of like, uh, at this level, then that means you're a success, or I'm probably right. be having this, you know, I, because I toured so much and, and so hard that I it trained myself that you just keep your head down, you work, you have fun, and then you pick your head up once in a while, see where you're at, and then do the same thing. Like, not get into the rat race of uh, success and all that stuff, because that really kills the music for me. You know, it makes it not fun. So I said, I'm going to do this for life, homeboy. I said, is Chuck Berry still doing this back then? And I said, yeah. The last time I saw him, he was with a white girl in first class. I think he's still doing it, homeboy. So I said, <laughs> he's still doing it. What in the world do I think I'm going to be doing? I'm going to still be doing it, homeboy. Those crazy guys in the 50s, never they haven't stopped, bro. They're fucked up in their mind. Yeah, that's actually interesting. I, sometimes I'll go through Wikipedia and start reading up on some guys that from back during that time that literally are still making music. Like you don't even hear about them, but it's still happening. Oh, they're still still doing it. So we're we're lifers, man. And uh, regardless, uh, lifers and happy. I'm gonna probably try to get as many, a couple more girls pregnant, uh, <laughs> just to spice of things up. <laughs> of course, you know, keep it hip hop. There's obviously a few uh, LA Symphony cameos on the new album, including Great Jason, which just yeah. just made my year. That's uh, just the, mm. the best thing. Um, and you guys have done a couple reunion shows the past few years. So I was wondering if there's uh, anything in the plans right now, uh, other than that. Uh, yeah, man. Um, we, since we did, a, a, a the show earlier with, uh, with two mechs and, and, uh, Ryan, Ryan Fest, Ryan Fest mm-hmm. uh, it, we said, let's do another record for this year. So we're, we're halfway done and we hope that it will come out in the fall but we're loving the new tunes, man. Getting back to the music because we we were ran through the industry, and you know we had a tough time, uh, like a lot of bands. You know, had yes. a nice deal, fresh producers, and all that stuff, and then if for it to not work out, and then you still have to kind of build yourself up. We're, I'm glad that we're just doing it just for the music, and um, yeah, it's coming out this year along with the new uh, root beer record that we're gonna do in the summertime. That's all done already, so. It's okay. going to be an exciting year for, for the L.A. Symphony sound. That is exciting. And I remember I interviewed you, I think, 11 years ago. It was the summer of 2003. And you had said that you were working on a project with B Twice, uh, Brainwash Projects, called uh, Willie Walnut and the Chocolate Man, I think. Um, <laughs> did anything ever come of that? <laughs> uh, yes, it went gold in Japan. Uh, that's <laughs> I had what a feeling. Did you did you get that vibe, bro? Because it blew right. up there. Uh, it blew up so much that we can't even go back. It gets a little dangerous, and we don't like it. You know. So what you're saying is there's no brainwash projects in the future. Man, hopefully, bro. We do have songs. We have 
an album's worth of songs. Um, but with both with with LA Symphony and anything that we all do, we all have to be a hundred percent about it. Like we we all have to vote and kind of say yes on that song. Be unanimous, right? Uh, so the timing of me and Be Twice, uh, we we we've kept uh, missing each other a couple of times, you know. Um, but we do have some great songs and. Um, for us, we will definitely do another one, uh, and I can't wait for that that to come out. But so you never, there, I'll never know. I'll, is I'm there not. one artist out there that you wish that you could work with, like that one dream artist you'd love to get in the studio with or tour with? Oh, man. No, not at all. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, uh, yeah, I like, in a, in a weird way, I, I love the far side. Right. And uh, I've gotten to uh, work and tour with them. Um, so in my mind, that bucket bucket list have been crossed off in, in a little bit. <clears throat> and I and I love uh, Father John Misty, dude. OK, I think that would be a really fresh collaboration uh, as well as a tour. Um, but I, I loved his album, his lyrics and stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I'd love to do a song with that kid. Is there any collaboration you've done so far that has been kind of your favorite one? Man, uh, to be honest, it's it's with uh, the Grouch and Eli. The last record yeah. we did was called uh, Run, and I'm loving it because we get to do it every night too uh, on the on the tour and right. perform the song. So, um, yeah, that's my last favorite one. All right. Well, um, we've talked about uh, some of your past projects and new stuff coming up. What does the future hold for you? Uh, after this album drops, do you have some more touring plans coming up, or uh, what's the yeah. deal? Uh, once the record drops, I'm gonna uh, do an album release uh, show in LA at this place called Los Globos, it's, and it's great because it's right down the street from my place. Um, and then, uh, then I take off on the road with the with Gray School, um, a group out of uh, Seattle, a really really fresh rap group, and um, we tour late May throughout june so i'll be back back in america and then touring again in uh september with uh with the new records uh from root beer and la symphony and another project called the rebound with alpha mc so it's going to be a musical year four projects this year that's fantastic that's really great to hear well man i just want to say uh thanks so much for taking the time to do this i've been uh listening i'm one of those guys that's been listening to pigeon john since he was in high school, and uh, I got to say, it's still great to um, hear the music you're making now. Um, it's really fantastic, and again, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. All right, my pleasure. Have a good one. You too, man. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the official It's All Dead podcast. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and uh, also check out the site at www.itsalldead.com. So that'll do it for now, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the official It's All Dead podcast. You can download our podcast at iTunes and find exclusive music news and content at www.itsalldead.com.